Hello, and welcome to this episode of Special Ed Rising, the podcast No Parent Left Behind, a show aimed at parents and caregivers of children along the spectrum of disabilities, but welcomes siblings, teachers, healthcare professionals, and anyone interested in learning about topics from the world of exceptional needs, educational services, health, wellness, fitness, nutrition for you and your child, and more. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're looking for an open, friendly, and honest source to help you cope, then you've come to the right place. I'm Mark, and I have 34 years of experience teaching kids and coaching parents, and I'm your host. I hope this podcast can inspire you to face your days more confidently, stirring a greater sense of self-love, mindfulness, and outpouring of goodness and positive role modeling for your children. Always keep you and your mental, physical, and if you're inclined, spiritual health in mind. Attending to these areas will allow you to be all you hope to be for them. Today's podcast is an interview with an exceptional woman who saw a niche not being addressed for children with disabilities and is conquering it one city and one community at a time. Susie Clinchy is the founder and executive director of Fast Feet NYC. Susie launched Fast Feet NYC in 2018, taking a leap of faith to follow her passion for working with adaptive athletes, equality in athletics, physical wellness, and inclusion in sports. She's an educator, runner, USA track and field and Special Olympics running coach. During her tenure with the NYC Teaching Fellows, she obtained a Master of Science degree in adolescent education while teaching math in public schools. Susie was a high school All-American track runner, competed as a Division I athlete in cross country and track for Wake Forest University, and now competes as a local elite runner in New York City. Susie started Fast Feet to close the disparity in inclusive athletic programming available for children with disabilities that targets the physical and socio-emotional benefits of exercise for neurodiverse children. I'm super excited for you to hear this interview, so let's get to it and grab ourselves another win. Hey, Susie Clinchy, how are you? Hi, I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. It's a pleasure to yeah. get to meet you. Yeah, I'm really excited to chat. Yeah, thanks. I um, I came across your Fast Feet in New York City, I think, on Instagram. And, um, you know, coming from, my, from the world of special needs and uh, special education, exceptional needs and special education, and being an athlete myself, being a, a runner, like not a runner like you, but <laughs> I enjoy running, um, it immediately took me. And um, I, was, I was engaged right off the bat, and I wanted to find out more about what you do. So can you just kind of give us an idea of what Fast Feet is and um, maybe just like a, an overall overview of it? Totally. Yeah. Uh, Fast Feet is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are based and founded here in New York City, Brooklyn uh, specifically. And we're an organization that provides adaptive and inclusive running and health equity programs for children and young adults with developmental and physical disabilities. So we partner with schools, communities, hospitals, and um, other community-based organizations to provide adaptive running programs, track and field teams um, that really bring together children of all abilities, um, all ages uh, on one team. And, you know, together we, we practice every week, we're, we train for races, um, and we help um, promote inclusion and equity in athletics, health, um, and running as a sport in particular. 
It's really incredible. I, um, when you say you go to the schools, do you actually, so you, you take kids from these different areas and bring them together with Fast Feet? Uh, for our school-based programs, so we can have three, three tiers of programming. Okay. Um, the first is our school-based programs, which is really how the organization started. Okay. Um, and when we partner with schools, we actually, here in New York City, we go into schools. So myself or our director of programs or another coach or teacher um, who works with Fast Feet, we go into these schools and we'll teach uh, a Fast Feet adaptive running class to either selected students or even the whole school. Um, And instead of having perhaps gym class or PE class that day, the students will have a fast feet class. Um, So that's really how our school-based programs work. And, um, you know, we've had the pleasure of partnering with um, public schools here, charter schools, private schools, independent schools, um, and really getting to know, you know, the incredible students, teachers, uh, and, and staff at um, so many different New York City-based schools. How do you find the reaction of the kids when you come? Um, I, I say most kids are, are very excited, um, you know, but of course there's also children who are, uh, you know, see running as sort of like a foreign concept or sure. are not excited to run and do right. not enjoy running and, and are almost, you know, are very hesitant. And And those are the kids who you really see the, the largest growth from and Mm -hmm. that's where you know it's so exciting to see right um their progress their buy-in their excitement um and even just having them realize like wow i actually i feel a lot healthier (laughs) i feel stronger um i can run without feeling like i'm gonna you know pass out and right that's um that's kind of where we see the largest growth and and Mm -hmm. you know i'm sure for me as a as a teacher and a coach that's um, a really exciting part for me. And even the kids that probably their emulation is really a struggle or they, you know, running as a complete, like you said, foreign concept and even something they never imagined they'll ever be able to do, even just taking the small steps, you know, they're actually participating in this group must be an amazing, amazing lift for them. Yeah, we've had, you know, in our programs, like I said, we, we serve children with developmental and physical disabilities. So we have children in wheelchairs who participate, um, children with limited mobility, children who use uh, walkers or assisted walking devices, leg braces, mm-hmm. um, and everybody can participate. I think that's the great part about running. Um, whether you right. walk, roll, or run, um, you can participate at your pace. Um, I think that's the great part about our sport. But we've also had kids who their doctors have said, like, you'll never walk, ever. Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, you know, a couple of years down the line, they're able to, you know, run a little bit, whether that's right. 10 steps or one lap on the track. It's equally as exciting. Absolutely. It's incredible. I mean, I've seen my students in the past too, kids who were told exactly that, that they won't be able to run and who struggled walking and went from having the walker with braces to the braces and then the braces got smaller. And all of a sudden, these kids that could never imagine to do anything or they grow up and they're, they're like on you know, in the Special Olympics, they're running. Uh, one little girl grew up to play golf. I mean, it was just amazing to see the growth and and the pride. And and I just think that's what I that's why I loved the idea of what you do. I wanted to speak with you today because I think it's something that everyone needs to kind of get an idea about that you know never to limit these kids and and to know that there's always options for them in the athletic world. Let them participate because they're going to get the best 
you know, reach their potential, whatever that is, and, uh, and really get a lot out of it. Totally. I think, you know, just like any kid, right? They want to do their best. They want to get faster. They want to have fun and be feel like they're a part of a team. Um, I think mm-hmm. everybody can feel the same sentiment. And, um, you know, we all we all want that. And our kids are the exact same. Absolutely. At my age, <laughs> still, oh, still imagining, you know, can I get faster at this at this point, you know, so <laughs> and if not, just being a participant is yeah. is wonderful. I just love being a part of the energy of the crowd and uh, running with other people. I think it's fantastic. Um, so I want to go deeper dive into fast feet in a little bit, but kind of get a little bit of your background as far as a runner, you know, um, I mean, you've done some really amazing things in your life as a runner, a lot of, a lot of accomplishments. And so how did running become part of your life? How did you meet running and, and uh, get inspired by it? Yeah. Um, I would say no one in my family is a runner. So I sort of fell into it in high school. Um, I, I played a lot of other sports like field hockey and softball. So my best friend in high school convinced me to do winter track to stay in shape between field hockey and softball. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tried it my freshman year. I was a, I was a sprinter and uh, in quotes, heavy quotes. Um, and I, I did like the 200 meter dash. Uh, and then my coach kind of kept moving me up. So I tried the 400 and then eventually he made me do the 800, which I was terrified a half mile distance yeah. race. Uh, and I actually That's did really well off of, you know, like no training and, um, and then people were like very excited by my performance that day, I remember. So, um, I think that kind of clicked I was like, oh, maybe I do have a little bit of talent in this sport. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think when you are 14, 15 in high school, like you get very excited if you feel like you are, you know, show promise or talent sure. or something and, and you get a get that feedback. Know, positive attention from people. Yeah. Um, so I think that kind of spurred me on to put a little bit more effort into the sport and see where I could grow from it. Um, so by, I think sophomore year, I, I, again, I just did winter track in high school, but, um, our team went to nationals in the four by 800 meter relay. We got fourth place. So we got all American honors. Um, and that was a really exciting moment. And I think from there, I, I was like, okay, I like, really like the sport. I have a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I learned I really enjoyed pushing myself physically. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's, it's like for me, almost like an a- addiction. Um, sure. And, and from that young age, I like learned I really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed like the pressure of races. Um, <laughs> and it was so different than all the other sports I had tried. So um, I did cross country the next year. And then... Um, I did well enough where I was able to run for Wake Forest University, um, which is in North Carolina in the ACC. Um, mm-hmm. So I spent my collegiate career there. Um, and wow, that's impressive. Yeah. So, you know, it's certainly been a, it's been a journey. It's like over about half of my life now I've been a, I've been a runner. So, um, you know, I took most of my 20s off from running and then oh, uh, I turned 30 and I kind of wanted to try to be a serious runner again. So um, I think like all of us, like I was saying, you know, we all just want to try to keep getting faster and and see where our bodies can take us. Absolutely. And I love that, you know, at 30, you're going back to it with that intention. Um, 
because for me, Lita, I can relate to the wanting to push yourself, but that happened later <laughs> for me. And, you know, now in my 50s, I'm like pushing myself to do things physically and athletically that I never did when I was younger or never thought to do and just the rewards from it. And not just, you know, the physical rewards or the mental rewards for myself, but, you know, it's just the lessons I've learned as a result of that. Can you share some of the lessons, like kind of like life-related lessons that you've you've learned from your pushing yourself and your experiences? Yeah, I think the older I get, the more I see the translation um, between like sports and life. And, you know, I grew up with, my dad was a a basketball coach. So, you know, we kind of grew up hearing all of these things, but um, mm -hmm. to actually internalize it, I think you get a little bit older and you're like, oh yeah. He was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I think, um, I think having the mental benefits of running um, as I've gotten older, I just really, really, really see the positive benefits from that. And I think a lot of folks during the pandemic also found out, you know, how running can be a positive outlet in their lives. And I think a lot of people mm -hmm. sort of jumped on the running bandwagon during the pandemic and needed that outlet. Um, and I, for me, it helps, you know, just getting that like daily dose of an endorphins. It does help me feel happier every day. Um, mm -hmm. I really enjoy the structure and the schedule it gives me. Um, I remember in college, I always did better in my classes when I was kind of in my heaviest like training and competing because I had to be so structured. Sure. When I had an sense. injury or something in college, I really um, was not as like diligent with my time and, and never did as well academically. Um, oh, that's interesting. Which, which is funny. So, and it's kind of the same way now, um, you know, even in my thirties as a working professional, um, having, you know, sort of running, give me that structure in my day um, has always, I think, really helped me. Um, but it's really, I think, the mental, the mental benefits that release, um, helping with any, you know, anxieties you might have that day. I think going for a run is a great way to work through that. You know, in Fast Feet, we, we always talk about like the social benefits of being on a team or running with your friends. Um, I do the same, like I'm always happier and enjoy my run more when I run with um, other friends or teammates. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's a great, great way to combine um, social time with physical activity. Um, yeah. And, and I think, you know, if you go for a run, you're just proud of yourself every day. Um, and I think that's something that's really important. Like if I can run eight, eight miles, 10 miles in the morning, like, yeah, I feel good about myself. I feel proud. And um, absolutely. You know, I get that. Yeah, starting your day with that, um, I think it sets you up for a, a positive outlook for, mm -hmm. for the rest of your day. I think so, too, because you've accomplished something, you know, exactly, and that, yeah. it's, it's an amazing accomplishment. And you run that every day. You run every day, every morning, or just about um, every morning? It depends. I'm definitely a morning runner. Um, I'll run anywhere from five to seven days a week, um, depending on how my body's feeling or if I have a race coming up or... Right. Um, kind of varies a little bit, but anywhere from five, five, six or seven days a week, um, I will wow. definitely run in the morning. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's, you know, there's people that are built for that. <laughs> I can't do that, but there's people that are built for that. And I think that's really amazing. And you will run like that kind of length, like the eight, eight miles in those days, or does that still vary? 
Um, it, it varies. So, you know, one day a week we'll do like a longer run. Um, one day a week I like to go on the track and I do a track workout, um, with some, uh, you know, lo local running clubs here, um, mm -hmm. in New York city. Um, one day a week we'll do hillier, like a hard hilly eight mile run. Um, so, you know, I think it's, it's important to kind of vary your, yeah. your training and not do the same thing every day, but, um, right. I agree. yeah, so yeah. It's a little, every day is a little bit different, which I think is good for your body. Yeah, that's really, really amazing. Um, so, um, you know, I like to ask people that, um, you know, I consider inspirations for other people and, and you're, you're one of those people because when I read about, when I, you know, first discovered you and read about what you've done and what you're doing still and you're growing as an organization, um, you know, it's always impressive to me as someone who was a teacher for so many years and now out in the world and pursuing other interests, like the idea of starting something like this organization, like you've started, I can imagine for you, it may have been like a really big concept to kind of, how do I go about doing this? You know, um, it's, it's, uh, it's something that I think that can scare a lot of people off, even when you have a great idea. So what about you made you trust that you were capable of creating fast feet and, and starting an organization, an organization like this? Yeah. Um, you know, I had an idea for this. I think that I realized the need. I saw the need. Um, and I think I did um, a decent amount of research on, you know, competitive la landscape here in New York City. Um, I spoke with a lot of families. And I think the first thing was I, I realized the need. And, and I saw the positive benefits of how running can help children of all abilities and you know, I think people of all of all abilities. Mm -hmm. So I think first I realized a need and I was like, okay, I think this is a, a problem that um, or or a void or um, a really a discrepancy between athletic offerings for neurotypical kids and and um, children with developmental or physical disabilities. There there is a huge discrepancy in what right. is offered athletically and recreationally. Mm -hmm. um, so at first I realized that. Second, I think having both the experience of being like a student athlete um, at, at Wake Forest, you know, you're balancing 20 to 30 hours a week of training, uh, competing, traveling um, with all of your classes, social life, volunteering. Sure. Um, and then I, you know, as like, like you being a, um, an educator, being a teacher. So, you know, I had experience of, you know, I was, I was, teaching. I was, did the New York City Teaching Fellows Program. So, um, you know, I had like two months of, of us um, student teacher experience. And then I was the head teacher <laughs> while still um, going to grad school at night. Piece um, of cake, right? No problem. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> so <Walk right> in. <laughs> um, you know, going through those like three years of, of doing that. And it was a very, you know, intensive program. And, right. um, you know, 6am to 11pm at night, every minute was scheduled and, and wow. demanding. Um, so I think doing that, like, I was like, okay, if I can do that, yeah, <laughs> I feel like I can start this. Um, I think around the same time, like my late 20s, um, I had a um, about three or four really close female friends who started their own businesses as well. So they okay. were female entrepreneurs and watching them go through that process, I think was inspiring to me. Um, and they gave me confidence as well of like, Hey, we can do this. I think you can do this. You have a great mm -hmm. idea. Um, 
And then, you know, it's just, do you want to, it's doing, doing the research, having um, confidence in, in yourself. And right. at some point you just kind of just have to do it. Just so. do it. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. jump over that line and to have people who are friends or are close to be able to kind of like be with you to support you and to kind of glean information from too, is had to be really helpful. Yes, it was, it was extremely helpful. I have actually a close friend and we, uh, we actually met through running and we uh, decided to start our, our businesses or um, at, she started a creative agency. I started fast feet about the same time. So we would like go on a run together in the morning and like talk about, Oh my God, oh, wow, this happened great. on my website or <laughs> um, I, do you have an accountant? Uh, you know, we talk about <laughs> all these, you know, things of starting up your own business. Um, so that was like, you know, like I was saying before, it's like social time, but also, um, you know, talking about what you're going through with, with starting up an organization while right. running together. So that was, um, you know, we always kind of reflect fondly on that, that time. Yeah. I mean, you know, those are the ways to develop, right? You have to talk through things and you have to kind of like glean information from other people as well as what you're able to find on your own and then get over that. I mean, was there ever a sense of intimidation in this process or did it just feel like a natural thing for you? Um, you know, I did have a lot of confidence in myself. Um, I, I mean, it sounds like with your history, it, it would make sense that you did. Yeah. Um, I, my first two jobs out of college, I worked in like business finance. Um, so I think that was okay. also a good experience. And I wanted to ask you that if you had any connection to the business world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I both ha I had two very impactful female bosses um, at Mor Morgan Stanley and American Express. And they were, you know, really good, I think, mentors for me who like pushed me professionally and still support me to this day. Um, so using them and a few other um, women from like internships and and research studies that I've done before, um, having them as as mentors has been really, really helpful. Um, and I think, you know, I'm sure you've seen with starting your podcast, people really want to help you. So, mm -hmm. you know, when I was starting Fast Feet, I was one of the things I was most surprised about was, um, you know, even just kind of mentioning what I was doing or asking for a little bit of help. I was I was surprised at how willing and excited people were to offer support and help. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that that kind of helped keep the ball ro rolling as well. Right. Yeah, I can relate to that because when I found your organization, I immediately wanted to do something with the organization. And I felt like, you know, because I'm not in New York City, this is, this is at least one way I can help you promoting you, but also to use your experience as an inspiration maybe for others who are thinking of doing similar things, you know, and getting your history and your background, I think is really helpful as, in addition to finding more about the actual organization itself and how it impacts the kids. Um, so I, I really appreciate you uh, being so willing to talk about that stuff. You know, with with kids playing as playing, running as running, but they don't necessarily, you know, we're not we're not engaged to the degree that we're going to see, you know, the benefits of it necessarily. Do you find that there's a difference with these kids that you work with in when they when they can overcome a challenge and when they when they actually start to appreciate what they're doing do you see the appreciation in a different way as you would maybe with a neurotypical or non-disabled child do you find it would be is there any kind of is there any kind of difference as far as just the sense of um appreciation 
It's a hard question. I know mm, it's kind it's of an interesting. Question. I just wonder if there's any ways that the kids show or express um, insights that maybe uh, other kids that kind of it just comes too easily um, don't. Mm. Um, yeah, um, a couple of things I've noticed is some of our kids are really, really, really tuned into their body um, and they really progress in how they can explain what their body is feeling um, at, after like a hard lap or like in a, maybe a particularly taxing practice session. So mm-hmm. I, I have definitely seen progression in how they can um, articulate, you know, what their body is feeling, what they're going through. And, you know, they'll say things like that lap wasn't so bad or like that lap felt easier than it did last week. Um, mm. So certainly have noticed that. Um, and then they also really are in tune with how their parents or caregivers are reacting to to them performing on the track or in a race. Right. Um, and I definitely can see, you know, the correlation of um, obviously the parents are, are so excited and, and supportive and, and having the child see that and see their parents being really proud of them as they finish their lap. Um, and they can, you know, they key off that and they then that escalates their, their excitement if they see their parent really, really happy and excited um, and really proud of them. Right, um, right. So I would say those are kind of two two things that I have noticed. Do you yeah. find that the parents relate to you um, stories about how things may be changing at home or in school in as a result of, of being a part of Fast Feet? Yeah. Um, I think one uh, parent's favorite is they sleep better at night. That's huge. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they'll be like, you know, so-and-so <laughs> slept nine hours last wow. Thursday night after practice. <laughs> and I'm like, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> and so I think, you know, having really quality sleep, we, we all know is really important. And obviously exercise can help with that and play a big role. Um, Absolutely. We have, you know, we send out um, like a social emotional survey at the beginning and end of each, um, each of our seasons for parents. It's it's totally uh, anonymous, mm-hmm. but there's um, both like multiple choice and then anecdotal questions in our survey. And, you know, parents can write in what they've noticed about their child. And, you know, some of the things have been that my child is uh, feels a lot more confident, you know, participating in either sports or recreational activities with other children. Um, my child, you know, wants to perhaps try more fruits and vegetables at, at dinner, um, obviously sleeping better. Um, my child is more excited about gym class or PE. They're less resistant towards going to that um, after mm-hmm. participating in Fast Feet. Um, a lot of our kids, for a lot of our kids, Fast Feet is the first sport that they've ever participated in. Sure. Um, and I think that's a huge, huge thing as well. And uh, you know, my hope is then, hey, maybe they would try swimming or, or soccer or something right. else as well um, to, have, you know, o- open up and, and just have new experiences athletically and recreationally. Um, right. Yeah. Fast Feet could be a door that opens to all these other potential totally. sports. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we've also had parents say, you know, their child is more focused during the school day. Um, teachers have reported um, 
That's and we huge. see this in our school-based programs as well of, you know, child children are able to maybe transition back into class easier or mm-hmm. um, they're able to self-regulate a little bit better after exercise or running. Wow. Um, and, there, you know, there's a lot of evidence to support these these claims as well. Mm-hmm. That's remarkable. I mean, those are dreams for a lot of parents to have those things manageable. And uh, what a wonderful thing that you can contribute to that, changing kids' lives and families' lives. Uh, it's it's really fantastic. It's got to feel really good um, and it, inspiring it does. for you. I, I feel um, I feel very lucky to be able to kind of like witness that every day. And obviously, it's not you know all day every day, but um, right. But I think the you know as you know it's cumulative, cumulative, and and being a teacher is really being able to find find those small moments and really celebrate them. With the children, do you find that there are those kids that are that want to run that just don't have the like the running shoes? Do you help provide like shoes and things like that, or is there is there a, a way that they can get them that you can somehow facilitate? Yeah, we actually um, the Brooklyn Running Company is like a independent running store here in um, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and they actually donated a couple dozen running shoes um, to Fast Feet. So. Wow. That was a huge help, and we were able to distribute them to kids from Bay Ridge to Westchester. Wow. Um, yeah. So Fantastic. That, that was really great. Yeah, to our school programs, our community programs. Um, for We tried to get them to anybody who, who really needed um, running shoes or, um, you know, I think a lot of there's obviously right we know there's a difference between sneakers and and running shoes especially yes, as you absolutely. get a little bit older and your body matures um, right. i think it probably gets a little bit more important as well mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i mean i i'm hoping that you know other companies will hear this and want to donate <laughs> as well Me too. um yeah um how was it for you to find supporters to kind of get the business started was that challenging to find people to help kind of uh you know give you the funds to help start the program so we were fully self-funded when I started Fast Feet. Um, wow. With our school programs, we have contracts with with schools, okay. um, so that allows us to have um, be a social enterprise as well. So Great. we do have capabilities to self-fund um, some of our programs, and then I think it is challenging as a small nonprofit applying for grants because they always want you to have. Um, a certain threshold of annual revenue or a certain threshold of number of employees. Right. So, you know, if you're just starting out and you're like, it's just me and um, <laughs> our revenue is not half a million uh, right. a year yet, uh, you know, a lot of foundations will just not, you know, you, you can't even, they don't want to be, you're, you're right. too small. Um, so, so that is hard. You certainly have to get creative. We did a lot of small fundraisers like mile high run club is like a, a fitness studio here in New York city. They, they hosted a few fundraisers for us. Um, we, you know, got creative, um, with trying to raise money and then, um, obviously our, our, um, ability to generate revenue through our school programs was a huge help. And then I think really the catalyst changed. I applied for the the Make It Awards, um, which is hosted by the New York Knicks and Squarespace. Okay. And um, it's for, you don't have to be a nonprofit. You can also be just um, 
have a corporation or LLC, uh, but they select five New York City-based entrepreneurs, and you get a $30,000 grant, and you get to go on stage in the middle of the court um, during a Knicks game, and, and they, you know, give you some free free marketing and advertising. So somehow we won that in- Wow, um, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. January 2020, and that was huge. That was definitely the largest grant we had received thus far. Um, you know, getting that thirty thousand. Wow, was that's really amazing. really helpful. Um, we got to go, like I said, onto the court of the Knicks game. We got to yeah. ring the closing bell at the New York Stock Exchange. <laughs> Holy cow! Um, yeah, it was really cool. Um, really Squarespace, cool. Squarespace went public. Yeah. Um, and then, literally a month later, the pandemic. Happened. I was going to say you just beat the pandemic. How lucky you were. <laughs> Gosh. Um, oh my God. So I think that helped once we <laughs> Did that, got that. Do you think that saved you during the pandemic in so, a sense or, or just helped a lot or? I think it certainly helped a lot. And then it's once you receive funding from something as. Um, a prestigious you know, or as big as that. Yeah. Or, you yeah. know, everybody knows Squarespace and the Knicks. Right. Um, I think other organizations might feel a little bit more comfortable um, giving you a grant or or be willing to fund you. Sure. Um, if yeah, that's a you, higher echelon you've you've stepped into. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then during the pandemic, there is so many opportunities um, to receive uh, grants, uh, funding for organizations that were really trying to provide health services, um, and and we were one of them. So. Um, we just spent a lot of time applying for, for grants, um, and finding creative ways that we could serve our participants during the pandemic. Um, whether that was like virtual fitness classes or visits to the farmer's market, um, or virtual cooking classes, yoga classes, very, very small group outdoor classes on the track, you know, just mm -hmm. kind of be creative in ways that we could serve our participants and our families during the pandemic um and then you know and that probably helped that probably i'm sorry that probably helped a lot to have to get creative like that that may have expanded you in ways that you weren't wouldn't necessarily have thought totally yeah we're still doing our virtual cooking class um to this day you know two years later because it was such that. a huge hit and families loved <laughs> it so and i have a lot of fun with it too um so we have a, a chef. Are, you, are you the cook oh, okay oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can barely follow along. Um, uh, now I have a friend. We had a registered dietitian who was leading the class for a while, and then um, we have a professional chef um, who's who's a, a good friend of mine, and he he leads the class, Chef Chef Zach. Um, so every every week we do a new recipe. It's totally free on Zoom every Monday night. Um, so anybody oh, can I wanna, sign up I'm, and join. Yeah, us. I definitely want to check that out. Yeah, it's on our website. Um, you can go in and click the cooking class tab and sign up and you get an wow. email every week. So cool. <laughs> and so do you focus on like healthy cooking? Like, is that the point to like, you know, to encourage like healthy eating to encourage the, the uh, athletic performance, things like that? Yeah, yeah, I think it's both. It's um, creating, um, obviously, meals that are budget friendly, um, that have healthy recipes. Um, everything obviously is very homemade. Um, mm -hmm. and then also teaching life skills in the kitchen. So right. wonderful. I love that. How to use an oven, how do you safely use a knife? Um, what are different foods that you can pair together? Like what's a good meal for a 
you know, to eat for recovery, um, and, you know, different life skills, obviously nutrition education is a large aspect of it. Um, but also life skills in the, in the kitchen, in the kitchen, yeah, how to be a cook. Wow. That's amazing. That is more than I ever expected when I was before I uh, got to meet you. I didn't. I didn't imagine that was part of your organization. Really, really wonderful. Um, yeah, it, it's a fun. It's a fun addition. Yeah. Um, how many? Like you have now. You're expanding. So you started in New York City, mm-hmm. and Westchester. Was that all mm-hmm. at the same time? New York City and Westchester, or did one lead to the other? We started in New York City in 2020. The summer of 2020, we expanded to. Westchester, maybe 2021. Nope, 2021. I'm sorry. So okay. we've been in Westchester for a year. Um, and then this year we received um, grant funding to expand to Albany, Boston, Detroit, and Los Angeles. So wow. this was like a very large growth year for us. Um, very exciting. Um, sure. Also a learning experience of how can we, you know, effectively support these programs. Mm-hmm. from afar right right Obviously, I, I can't be in la every week um, right. so how can i best support those coaches and those programs while not adding you know too much to their plate they're they're all teachers as well so we know teachers okay. are really busy um right. so we want to support them in a way that is effective and efficient while not um you know taking up too much of their time or taxing sure. them any more than is needed Mm-hmm. And so that includes coaches or our staff, and then there's volunteers. Is that how it works? Yeah. So we have um, two teachers for each program that, um, you know, they're, they're the head coaches and then okay. um, support staff who, who have chosen to volunteer and, and help support as well. Wonderful. Wonderful. And most mm-hmm. of those are runners themselves um, or they don't have so to be runners. This- for the school-based programs, they are, you know, t- teachers or, or school staff who want to support. Okay. They don't have to be runners. Um, for some of our other programs, maybe they're linked to like a hospital um, or or their community program. Then sometimes we we might have some local runners or, or running clubs, adult running clubs who who do want to come and, and volunteer. Okay. So how did you, how do you go about with the extension? Because, you know, I'm out in Long Island in New York, and, and obviously I would love to have a fast feed out here. But how did you yeah. go, how, what, how, what would that take to get something, to get you uh, an extension out here? Yeah. Um, so we always say, you know, we need three things, um, a certain amount of funding to mm-hmm. expand at first, and then we need a location and um, two really good coaches. Okay. So it is expanding to a particular school um, is you know a fairly uh, efficient way to to expand um, obviously they have students they have teachers who know the students so well and are are really primed and perfect to kind of be the coaches but there are certain um, you know places who are like oh we, we want to start a community program that's really not linked to a school so anybody can come mm-hmm. um, and sometimes it is challenging to find a public track in certain um, uh, geographic locations. In New York sure. City, it's it's easy. We have public tracks everywhere. It's great. Um, but in certain suburbs, for example, in Westchester, we, we did struggle trying to find a track that would allow us to, to use it. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of tracks are private or only schools can use them, right. Right. especially since the pandemic. Um, that is 
that is a challenge. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we a certain amount of funding that we need plus um, a location and then two coaches who who we think would be, you know, really, really great at leading the program. Um, we've had some fantastic special education teachers who have led our programs or occupational therapists, physical therapists who have a, a ton of experience um, working with children with disabilities. Um, right. You know, all all amazing. You know, our our team of coaches are amazing, and they they make our programs great. That's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, they have to be right. They have to be special people to want to. They're all to amazing. give up, especially as teachers, giving up that extra time too. I mean, it's really yeah. teachers are amazing people. Teachers are amazing people. And they don't. They're so underappreciated. Oh, that's it's, it's, it's it, yeah. it breaks my heart. <laughs> it really does, you know. I know. Um, I know. We could talk about that for hours. Uh, yeah, we could do a whole other <laughs> podcast on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how can people support FastFeed? Can they they can volunteer potentially, or how else can they support? Yeah, great question. Um, so, you know, we are always like you. We're looking to kind of get the word out about FastFeed. Um, you can follow us on Instagram. We're at FastFeetNYC on Instagram. Um, and just, you know, helping get the word out about FastFeet, what we're doing, um, how we're trying to expand. You know, that's a great way to help us. Um, mm-hmm. If you are, if you do live in one of the cities where we operate, um, we are always looking for volunteers. So you can volunteer. Um, that and, and our volunteering is... You know, you can volunteer once a year or you can volunteer every week. Um, mm-hmm. There's really no set requirements. Right. Um, and the third is, of course, you know, any sort of donation is yeah. is always um, extremely appreciated. Uh, sure. You know, we fund uniforms, coaching fees, race entry fees, um, you know, our cooking class. We, you know, provide free waivers fee waivers for for any child who needs financial support um you know we 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 try to eliminate any barrier that that a family might have for participating um we've hired asl interpreters to support our children um, one-to-one behavioral therapists occupational therapists so any donation will help us better our community programs and you know you'll be able to directly provide a child with a fast feet uniform or entry into a race um that they might not otherwise get to participate um so i, yeah. I would say that those are kind of three three ways that you can support us mm-hmm. wonderful do you have any merch do you have t-shirts we do. And things like? yes you do? yes um is that on your website um you know not at the moment but i okay. think i'll probably put it up um, <laughs> you can also find it on our instagram Oh, okay. Uh, any other social media pages? Do you have Facebook or anything like that, or um, no, you're mainly not Instagram? Really. At this point? In- yeah, Instagram is sort of our our main one, okay. um, and our website. Okay. Yeah, I just want to make sure we cover everything so everybody knows. Um, this journey has been it's been only a few years, right? I mean, it's really taking off pretty quickly for you. How has it changed you, um, like personally? How has it changed your life? Yeah. Um... I think I, you know, I never started a business before, you know, I didn't identify with the word entrepreneur or anything like that. Um, And I think, you know, the confidence that I've gotten from from starting this this organization has been really, really invaluable for me personally, just, you know, having to figure out legal things and accounting things and, you know, all the all these small tech issues that you never think of and just being able to be like, okay, I'm 
it's just me and I'm going to figure it out. Right. Um, that certainly gives gives you confidence. But I, I think in general, just working with our our families, our kids, our athletes every day, um, that like I just feel so lucky to be able to do this and marry my two passions of uh, working with kids and running. Um, I personally have learned so much from our families, um, just being inspired by what our parents do every day um, in terms of advocating for their children, um, providing them with anything that they could ever need. And um, I think that has been like a huge inspiration for me is just observing our, our families and our caregivers um, and, and all the amazing teachers that are involved in our programs. So um, they certainly inspire me to, to keep going to work harder to improve our programs and improve the ways that we can support our families. Um, and again, I just feel really lucky to be able to, to do this and have met so many amazing kids and, and families, caregivers, teachers, coaches, um, and everybody who wants to kind of help support and drive the mission forward. And after meeting you, I can see why people would want to work with you. And I think you're changing a lot of people's lives. And I think it's really, they got to be so, so grateful and feel in, in a sense that they're, you know, how lucky they are to have you and your organization. So I'm so impressed with you. And uh, I'm excited about your journey. I'm excited about your endeavor. And I want to do anything I can to promote it. Because um, for me, you know, helping families manage things in their homes and the kids manage their lives. But the health aspect for me is really important too, and getting out in the world and becoming part of a social community um, and having that experience and feeling and uh, having that sense of we're all just people and we're all just trying here and let's help yeah. each other out. So I, I couldn't appreciate what you're doing more and I'm excited to continue to follow you and um, tell more people about you and uh, the organization. And so uh, thank you so much for taking the time today to share. It's really been an honor for me. And uh, I know the audience has got to really appreciate what you've given us today. Cool. Well, thank you so much for, for having me and, and chatting and asking um, really interesting uh, questions. I, I appreciate it and for giving us this platform and, and hopefully more more folks can find out about Fast Feet and maybe we can expand to Long Island. I would love that. <laughs> if we do, I will be there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Susie. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Okay. Cool. Thank you. You too. I really hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. I want to thank you again for listening to this episode, and I hope you'll join me each week to hear about topics close to your heart and welcome fresh and informative insights into areas that are new to you. It's an honor to have you tune in and a pleasure to share with you. All music heard on today's show comes from Jason Shaw at audionautics.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram at Special Ed Rising, Facebook at Special Ed Rising, and on my website, specialedrising.com. Be sure to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts, and tell your friends. You can contact me directly with questions, comments, or if you're interested in parent coaching, through my email, specialedrising at gmail.com, or my contact pages on Facebook or my website. I would love for you to share some of your stories, which I can add to the community share page of my website. With your permission, I'd love to share your submission with the audience. Also, let me know if there's anything you'd like to learn more about. And until next time, peace and keep rising. Thank you.